And you people, you're all astronauts on some kind of Star Trek. We are explorers. We're going to stumble, make mistakes, I'm sure more than a few before we find our footing. But we're going to learn from those mistakes. That's what being human is all about. It is possible to commit no mistakes and still lose. That is not a weakness, that is life. We're Starfleet officers. Weird is part of the job. Base, the final frontier. Make it so. Do it. Hit it. Let's fly. I'm Aiden. I'm Lindsay. And this is the Big Spud. And we're doing something a little different this week. Um, this bye week. This this episode. Fortnite. This fortnightal episode. Yes. Um, we're tackling fan fiction. Now, it's not the first time we've talked about fan fiction on this podcast. Long time loyal listeners um, will remember back in the Twin Peaks days, we did, yep. I think, two episodes back to back about fanfic it was a long episode if it wasn't broken into yeah, two yeah i think it was one big one but yeah. um yeah and uh so and and you know that i write fan fiction this is uncharted territory for me though because i've never put my name <laughs> to a, a piece of fan fiction yes. piece that i've written yes you're, um, you've you've always used the uh pen name the pen or... name the pseudonym for the uh the internet you know the yeah. internet name for your internet writing, but but for this episode, what we what we did is we took the original series cast, the characters, yeah. and we wrote fan fiction. Yes, based in Star Trek. After because having finished now all the movies, uh, yes. we felt it was only fitting to finally pick from the massive catalog of yes. choices that you have for the original series uh, cast to. Create something to to do a fanfic to tell a story in that in that world. In and some it's way, also only fitting because um, Star Trek kind of invented modern fandom. Yes. So the I think it was Spockanalia was one of the fanzines back in the day. Well, probably in the seventies. I don't think it was. Maybe maybe it, maybe it was in the sixties. Now I yeah. don't know my fan lore, but yeah. Um, but yeah, Star Trek kind of pioneered what we would call today. Um, uh, fan fiction fandom yeah generally. like slash fiction was which invented is, yes for kirk and spock kirk bone. slash spock yeah yeah i mean that and now that's just slash is what it is yeah. yeah yeah it's part of fandom so yeah it's uh it's yeah it's it's something we've talked about and we are going to come back to this i think we're going to have another episode dedicated to the overall world of star trek fan fiction yes uh at a later date probably maybe after we've done all the other uh, series everything. and stuff <laughs> yeah after you know we've watched five thousand episodes but mm-hmm. um for yeah for now we wanted to kind of take these characters that we've uh watched and, and appreciated uh over many, decades many, many of 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 productions uh and do something fun with them so and because we're both writers we call ourselves writers yes I, I like to think of us as writers. Yeah, I, I think it counts. And because we take a literary spin on uh, the wheel of fandom, pop culture. Pop culture. Yeah. Good. Uh, throughout the, the course of this podcast, yeah. we thought it, it again, only fitting that we put our um, put our words where our mouths are. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, put our written words where our mouths Verbal have already mouths been. Are. Yes, yeah. exactly. Oh. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's gross. Uh, yeah, so we wanted to uh, we wanted to take this on, and I think we're going to do this for for the other yes. uh, series as well. That's Obviously, it'll be a little less of a wait for some of them because they don't have movies. Uh, DS Nine and Voyager come to mind. Enterprise yeah. will be perhaps the shortest. I don't know if we're going to do it for the new ones. I don't know if we could we'll do. See. We'll see. It's nice to do it on a completed series because you kind of you have a oh, good yeah. sense of how the characters yeah. evolved. We'll, and, we'll see yeah. how long it takes us to get there. There's a lot. <laughs> There's a lot to do. We're first. in a kind of a golden age of Star Trek right yeah. now. There's a lot of Star Trek out there. Yeah. So uh yeah, we'll see where we go. But this is the plan for now. Um this isn't gonna be like a full on episode. There's no big slug, there's no like you know, it, it's not gonna follow the 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 same kind of outline that we've had for the previous Star Trek episodes. And it's also not going to be a full-on episode that we're writing. I think we mentioned this yes. in, our, in our previous episode. You know, these are really... When you're doing fan fiction, if you want to do a full episode, um, you're committing to, like, a full novel, basically. A novel is basically an episode in in word count uh, categorization, at least. Lindsay, I think you said you've written basically a, 
uh, a few episodes of uh, fan fiction in Twin Peaks and in Star Trek yeah. that are la- around that 80,000 to 100,000 word. Yeah, if you're novelized, like yeah. if it's a novelization, yeah. obviously if you're writing a script, it would be Easier different. and simpler, but yeah, yeah. But yeah, when you're writing an episode, like to actually flesh out a full episode or like a two-parter episode it's as a novelization, huge. it's it's big. It's a, it's a huge undertaking. So we did not go that These deep. These are, I think time. my story was about... 2500 words or so yeah and i think mine was 38 maybe 4000 something like that so it's Um, they're not long they're one shot very short brief uh stories that are not they're not getting into action sequences or or anything like that and it's also not really deep character dives it's really kind of just here's the characters in a situation yeah um and yeah it's it's uh but that's the great thing about fan fiction that you can take these characters that you know that they have these deep backstories and you know that you've seen them do these amazing things in other episodes or in Mm -hmm. films and you can just play with them you can put them in a situation and you already know what they're gonna do if you if you're doing it not as an alternate universe, like out of character, yeah, uh, coffee shop thick or whatever. But um, it so it's it's really fun. I I really love fan fiction. I love uh, transformative works in general, and I think this is. I'm really looking forward to it, and I was really happy to get to read one of your fanfics, Aiden, because we've talked about this before privately. But how long have you been writing fan fiction? Oh, since okay, so my first. Fanfic that was not a fanfic because I didn't know what fanfic was, was in grade five, Chrono Trigger. Wow. I wrote, basically, I rewrote the, uh, if you're familiar with the work, uh, it is the <laughs> Magus Castle uh, sequence where uh, the main characters uh, invade Magus's castle because okay. they think that uh, Lavos, the the terrible creature, was this for from like a- the back. No, this was like this was just a writing assignment. Like it was just it was a free for, writing for school. Okay, for, free writing yeah. project for school. Write whatever you want, and I just wrote this story cool. about this sequence. But it was my own characters. You know, like this is this was like uh, we'll talk in our fan fiction episode about the the blurring of lines between original work and fan fiction at some point. But um, this was very much. An original work that I was calling an original work, but was actually just mm. literally fan fiction. So gotcha. that was the first one. After that, I did uh, Dragon Ball Z. Uh, was big. I was big into anime as a as mm-hmm. a teenager. Yes, I was that kid. Uh, I didn't run like a Naruto run or anything like that. That was that was after my time <laughs> as a nerd. Um, but yeah, I did Dragon Ball Z. Uh, Kenshin was another anime that I was really into, mm-hmm. so I did that. Um, I did a little bit of Mass Effect ones when I was uh, really in like finishing university kind of timeline so yeah yeah, so there's there's i've I've had a dabbling in my career a dabbling Uh, dabbling of (laughs) fan fiction Lindsay, what about you uh well you've got me beat by a couple of years i think i started writing fan fiction but again i didn't really know that it was fan fiction Mm -hmm. um with the backstreet boys i was writing real person fic um back in 97 98 um before the backstreet boys really got big in the states, yes, they were, they were big popular in Canada, here yeah. in Europe, and um, and and it was literally like my friends and I would have like little spiral journals, and we would write our little stories, and mm-hmm. then we pass them around in the hallways between classes, and you'd read each other's fanfics and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and then I didn't realize that it was fanfiction. I had no idea what it was called until. Uh, 2002, um, we were in grade 11 and there was a teacher strike. Yes. Uh, three weeks we were out of school because yep. the teachers were on strike and I literally sat down on my computer one day and wrote board.com and it was actually a website. Like I was, I was bored out of my mind. I just wrote board.com and up pops this list of like websites you can go to when you're bored and fanfiction.net popped up and I was like, what is this? What is this? And I went on there and I discovered that there were people writing about my favorite TV shows and they were writing about my favorite bands and and I got sucked in. Yeah. So 2002 really was the the year that it started because I kind of fell off the fanfic ba- bandwagon in about grade nine and then yeah. picked up again. And then picked up again. Yeah. And I really haven't stopped. No. Like there was a period there of about four years where like I was finishing university. My second degree. Yeah, we were getting we married. We were getting married. Like, we just time, like yeah. bought this house. And then, but since about 2012, it's been pretty consistent. Mm-hmm. I've been writing like regularly. I think I, I just surpassed a million words on, uh, yes, on, on fan AO3. fiction. Or on, yeah, on AO3. Yeah. 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 But a million words of fanfic. So that's amazing. Yeah. For like Twin Peaks and for I wrote for Mad Men. I wrote The yeah. Office. Yeah. I wrote some real person fic yep. here and there. 
and then obviously Star Trek The Next Generation is yeah. kind of my wheelhouse. So I'm a little bit nervous about, um, I hope my, my stories in the original series um, captures, that's a, it's, it's a tall order. I mean, this yeah. is kind of, this is legendary shit here, right? Like yeah. you're talking about the granddaddy of, of fandom. Um, yeah, fan. it doesn't, it doesn't get any deeper yeah. than this really no. in terms of the quantity of, of fanfic out there. It is the original. So I thing really, really all. shouldn't have made Spock a ballerina in my story. Should I? <laughs> no, Lindsay, there's a niche for that. Trust <laughs> me. No, I mean, that's one of the great things about fanfic yeah. is like you write it and then you realize everyone's leaving you notes or something saying like, yeah, this is awesome. And you're yeah. like, oh, I, I guess there's other me. people who yeah. are as demented as I am. Exactly. Rock on. It's very encouraging that mm-hmm. way. Especially on Tumblr. <laughs> exactly. It's its own world for sure. So we're going to be talking about our fanfics. Um, we have posted them to the archive of our own, which we will um, link, link to, to yeah. in our episode. We are the Bix Pod on um, AO3 as on well. AO3. Yeah. So, and if um, oh, sorry, and if you're not familiar, if this is like a new introduction, if you've never yeah. heard of fan fiction before, yeah. archive of our, archive of our own, also known as AO3, yeah. uh, is uh, basically the biggest compendium of fan fiction now uh it's kind of like a home for everything any yeah. any sort of they, they it's run by the organization Lindsay. you know the name better the organization of transformative works yes so it is or for transformative works yeah and it's basically uh anything that takes something that exists and transforms it exactly yeah. as the, yeah. the name implies um and stories fanfic uh, poetry all the the written word is the the primary but they also have source, yeah. um other fanish works like um you can do like I, you can post fan art you can post mm-hmm. fan vids you can post podfic which is like where people People read their uh, like podcast style, read the fanfics. Yeah. Uh, as far as I know, I've never done one. I've never paid attention to it much, but um, it exists. Yeah, and I, I'm not sure that Ao3 has more fanfic than Fanfiction.net, but Fanfiction.net has kind of taken a turn for the worse lately. Yeah, they've, like they've, they've faced a lot of challenges, yeah. legal issues. Well, and, and some that are kind of self-imposed issues. Yeah, that they've found. whereas yeah. Ao3 has been much more permissive. Not permissive. They allow anything to be posted they don't moderate anything um unless it's there's there's a few categories that are um not okay but um they advocate for like the legal side of fan fiction because this is kind of dubiously legal in some places in the world it is strictly illegal because you are playing in somebody else's sandbox and these are copyrighted characters and and works and things like that so um the OTW, which is the organization behind AO3, um, they kind of take on that legal advocacy bit, which, I mean, mad props to them for that. Because w- I think without fan fiction, and this is getting way into high, the weeds, way into yeah. the weeds high-minded, um, I think fan fiction is, is one of the greatest ways, and fan works in general, to interact with a show or interact mm-hmm. with a, a piece of pop culture. Um, and there's no harm being done. Yeah. As long as you're not making money off of it yeah. and and convincing people that yours is like if yours is better than the original and people start like <laughs> well, even that, to I mean, you. We, well, we'll talk yes, about this we in will, our we episode, will, we but will. even I mean, Twilight. Yeah. Uh, what's it called? The Fifty Shades, uh, of, 50 Shades of, Gray. of Gray. All started. I think as there's fanfic. a One Direction fanfic that yes, recently that became, became, a, became yeah. And then uh, you look at like something like Wattpad. Their whole business model essentially is is finding uh, fan fiction that they can quickly turn into. Uh, original works that mm-hmm. are that can make the money and yeah. have a big audience already built in and yeah. stuff. So it's interesting. Yeah. Um, but for now, Lindsay, let's dive into our first fic. Yeah. Uh, on this podcast, uh, I'll go first. Yeah. Because I wrote well, it in you, the and, notes. And yeah. you started writing first, so you were. 10. No, you started writing first. No, oh no! no, no. When fa- you were ten years old, you were writing fanfic first, yes. so you get to go first. Okay, Age sure. before beauty. Thank you. Very You're much. welcome. Um, so my story is called uh, Middle Decks. So it's it's obviously a, a play on Lower Decks, mm-hmm. uh, both the TV series, but more the original uh, episode on The Next Generation, yeah. um, where you have these characters who are not the foremost characters. Not they're not the characters that get the most attention. They're not your senior staff. Yeah, they're not your senior staff, and but they're on the ship. They're they're making the ship work. They're they're critical. They're the red shirts who get killed. You know, literally in in the lower decks, one of them dies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, and so what is what is life like for these characters? Mm-hmm. But that's been done. Mm-hmm. So I decided, what about. What about the, the 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 original series is kind of interesting this way because it has these characters, the supporting cast. Yeah. Where it's not Kirk, McCoy, and Spock. It yeah. is uh, Uhura, Scotty, Sulu, and Chekhov. These four extra characters that are kind of in the middle. They they they're never going to be 
they're never going to lead the charge and yeah. have whole episodes devoted to them because they hadn't figured out how to do that in the original series. It was yeah. just a different era. They were supporting cast. So you have these guys. Uh, and my whole question was, what do they do when <laughs> McCoy, Kirk, and Spock are down on a planet, you know, bone and green ladies and have get diplomatic dinners? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> whatever the case may be. So um, that was the whole premise. Yeah. And essentially, yes, yeah, so it's, it's what I wound up writing and what I hope you would read and enjoy mm-hmm. is um, a set of four relatively short scenes uh, outlining what that looks like. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's there's one on the bridge when they're just sitting there. Gavin, you know, Mm -hmm. just waiting for time to pass. Mm -hmm. Um, And then after the trio have returned, the the glorious uh, conquering Conquering heroes, heroes, yes, uh, you uh, have... A uh, little Uhura uh, Scotty scene, a little Sulu Chekhov scene, and then uh, a fourth scene where they're back on the bridge uh, waiting yet again because mm-hmm. there's been mm-hmm. another galactic incident where that Kirk has to go uh, resolve, <laughs> and there it is. So yeah. uh, it's it's short, like I said, about four thousand words, yeah. and uh, yeah, it's it's a little it's a little peek into their to their world, into that to that middle level world. Mm-hmm. Um, that yeah, I think is very unique in the original series because those characters were in a a different position than any other series since. Ode to Spot. Felis Catus, is your taxonomic nomenclature an endothermic quadruped, carnivorous by nature? Your visual, olfactory, and auditory senses contribute to your hunting skills and natural defenses. I find myself intrigued by your subvocal oscillations a singular development of cat communications that obviates your basic hedonistic predilection for a rhythmic stroking of your fur to demonstrate affection. A tail is quite essential for your acrobatic talents. You would not be so agile if you lacked its counterbalance. And when not being utilized to aid in locomotion, it often serves to illustrate the state of your emotion. So that was mine in a nutshell, Lindsay. What was yours? So I kind of, the original idea that I had back, mm-hmm. I mean, I started writing this over Christmas break and I knew we had this coming up. We, we planned this mm-hmm. for a long time, but like every good neurodivergent person with executive dysfunction, I put this off to the last minute because I had so many other things that I wanted to do first. Um, so over Christmas break, I started writing. Um, what I thought would be my story, and it was a coffee shop alternate universe version of the like the original series crew working as like baristas at a, a Starbucks knockoff, um, and I had like this whole story cooked up, and it was I I wrote most of it, and then we watched. Um, the Undiscovered Country. Yeah. And I think we mentioned either on the podcast or in a conversation It was in the podcast. Had, yeah, I remember that. That we were like, it's like getting the gang back together. We wanted to see that scene. And I, that, so that's what I ran with is mm-hmm. like, what happens before they all arrive? Um, for that meeting. For that meeting yeah. in the boardroom. And uh, they don't know why they're there really, but... So I kind of took it and and it's not entirely true to the story because there's um they they kind of understand what's or they think they understand what's going on. The mm-hmm. whole premise is um Sulu and Chekhov, I've put Chekhov on um the ship with Sulu. So when Praxis explodes, Sulu is the first one to notice it and then he tells Chekhov. Mm-hmm. And Chekhov calls uh Scotty and Scotty talks to her, no, Scott uh, Chekhov calls Ahura. Ahura talks to Scotty. Scotty talks to McCoy. McCoy talks to Kirk. And then Kirk gets a call from Spock at the end. And throughout the course of this, like, it's like a big game of telephone where they're all telling each other, like, what they think is happening. And it's just little conversations that they're they're each having. Um, So it was more of a character study, I guess, than Mm -hmm. anything else. Like, nothing of... And that's where it kind of went a little bit... um, like it doesn't fit it doesn't dovetail perfectly with the story like i've took some creative allowances with with the story but you're allowed to do that in fan fiction it's my story who cares <laughs> um but it was fun to kind of uh get into the mindset of of older characters because by the end of the undiscovered country they're like nearing retirement um they're being put out to pasture um and then to kind of embody their voice, which I always find really fun. It was really fun to write Scotty. Yeah, um, always. And McCoy, yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. 
But yeah, so and and that's kind of just what I ran with. And then um, as with most stories that I write, um, I hit on like the kind of quasi theme as I was finishing it. And so I kind of went back and and like, you know, peppered in the rest. So, um, yeah, I don't I don't know. It's just it was kind of it was a fun uh, experiment. Yeah. Let's put it that way. Shall I compare thee to a summer's day? Thou art more lovely and more temperate. Rough winds do shake the darling buds of May, and summer's lease hath all... You wrote that? Yesterday, as a matter of fact. So, Lindsay, you already described it a little bit, but how was the writing process for you for the actual story that you wound up writing? I mean, aside from the, 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 coffee, one you, shop the coffee shop one that you started <laughs> and then abandoned. I may finish one day, but... <laughs> um, it actually... I It went smoother than I thought it would, mm-hmm. but... I realized that it's because of it's it's a me problem. I just I can't be arsed to sit down and actually do any writing. It's like I kept finding things that I could Convenient do otherwise. Reasons not and, to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but once I sat down and did it, you know, and I would carve out. I think I wrote it in three sittings. Like mm-hmm. I wrote the first scene, first couple of scenes again. Uh, it was shortly after we did our podcast on that, and then I wrote another scene. I think I knocked out like half of a scene or three quarters of a scene over my lunch break one day and then um finished it up you know two days ago really like it was not it it took maybe in total two hours of my life to write this story um and once I found the like the story that I wanted to tell and and I kind of had the idea of what each little vignette was going to consist of and how those characters were going to relate it actually went a lot more smoothly Smoothly. yeah because they do fit really well together and it was nice to have like there were obvious pairings like you know Sulu and Chekhov right like that just makes sense and then to have Chekhov talking to Uhura like you don't get a lot of scenes with them aside from um the one with the whales Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you don't get a lot of scenes with them together, but it, but it still was really nice. And then Ahura and Scotty, I had like this little flirtatious, like mm-hmm. I kind of I kind of leaned into that because yeah. it's hinted at in the films, but it doesn't yeah. go anywhere. So yeah. I, you know, took it a little bit further. And then Scotty talking to McCoy kind of makes sense. And then the way that McCoy and Kirk talk, mm-hmm. it was, you know, it just it it kind of built on that and. Once I figured that out, it it was a lot more smooth. Yeah. How about you? Like you started writing your story much later than me. Yes, I did, but I also and it, I struggled with kind of a, the origin a little bit because I actually originally wanted to just have uh, an Uhura Scotty romance. Mm. Think that was going to be the whole story. Remember that. And then I uh, kind of was like, oh well, how does what's the setup? What does it look like? What what era am I setting it in? Am I mm-hmm. is it pre films where they really started digging into that a little bit more? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I started going down that route, and I was like, ah, uh, this is this. There's not much of a story there. I need a little bit more. And then I decided, no, I don't need a story. I need a sitcom. I need a, <laughs> I need a yes. premise where nothing happens. <laughs> and that's when the kind of main inspiration of this this uh, you know no, this nothing burger of, yeah. of an incident. Yeah. Uh, you know the the calmness before the storm kind yeah. of situation. And then once I hit that, it was pretty easy. Mm-hmm. Um, the first scene on the bridge for me was very, uh, it took a little bit of time to get into the flow. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once I realized that I was going to have, I thought originally it was just going to be that one scene on the bridge. It was just going to be them. Oh, really? Just chatting and uh, chatting up a bottle storm. episode. Yeah. A whole bottle episode of just, just the four of them chatting back and forth. And then I yeah. ran out of stuff for them to talk about. And I'm yeah. like, no, let's, let's keep, keep it going afterwards. Um, so I, then once I realized I had these other scenes that I needed to do, they all just came to me very, very quickly. Yeah. It was like, oh yeah, I'm going to pair Sue and Chekhov, obviously. And, and they're going to watch can... a Vulcan <laughs> experimental uh, new yeah. wave film. Yeah. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, that came later, but uh, yeah, then, and, and obviously Scotty and Uhura, I had that original intention to have yeah. them and setting it in the time period of the original series and not in the films. Yeah. It's, it's, they haven't really developed that, but Uhura is obviously always very friendly to Scotty and, and she, you kind of see hints of it throughout the series. Sure. Um, so I kept it with that kind of early flirtatious vibe a little bit, mm-hmm. but still very professional. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah. And then after that, it was, it was all pretty simple and, and the, the word just came and uh, I wrapped it up in about, I think, three settings, three sittings as well. Yeah. I basically did the first scene, about two thirds of it. Then I did the the end of that scene and the first of the uh, Scotty Uhura scene. And then I did the Chekhov, Sulu and final scene all in one sitting. So did you, you tend to write, um, 
because I know this about you because we've been together for so long. Yes. You tend to write out of order. You yeah. will write scenes all over the place. You'll write the favorite scenes that you want to write, and then you'll just link them together later on. And I think that's just madness. It's chaotic. Like, I have to write very beginning to end. Yeah. But it sounds like you wrote this beginning to end. Yeah. Like, yeah. you didn't do your normal... I mean, kind of. Yes, I did. Yes, I wrote very linearly this yeah. time. Yes. Yeah. That's not always the case. Uh, but was that? did that contribute to any challenges that you felt because it wasn't your natural style? Or did it well, feel no, like I it mean, fit well? To be fair, Lindsay, to be to fair, be fair. Uh, it is... It is my natural style now. I'm, I've found I've really? stopped kind of doing that. I found that worked really well for a um, call me li- a liar. Yeah, a little bit uh, for like a literary book, which is what I've written a lot of yeah. over the years, okay. uh, like literary fiction. But when you're doing a a, a more genreed, principle plot driven thing, yeah, you kind of need to follow the yeah, the, yeah. the plot I agree. beats, or else you kind of get in trouble. So I do sometimes will have an idea for a scene, but I'll, now I'll just generally jot out that idea for a scene. Yeah. Uh, and then when I get to it in the writing, I'll see if it still makes sense and mm-hmm. if, it, if it needs to be adjusted or if the characters are where they need to be and everything. Um, but yeah, that's, that's it. So, so, so yeah. the next time that I have writer's block and yeah. you're like, you know, and I'm, and I'm writing another piece of fan fiction and I, I'm stuck and you say, just write the scene you want to write. I'm going to, I'm going to remind you of this, that that's not how it works when you're doing. But you could just write the scene that oh. you want. But it, often, if you if you're stuck, <laughs> we've, I think I've so, said this to you before, Lindsay. Yeah. If you're stuck, but like if you're one scene away from the scene that you know you need to that you want to write, yeah. Just skip the scene and then come back and see if you actually need it. There's there's so many good. I know books and recommendations about editing and writing and stuff. And one of the biggest ones I remember all the time is like, do you really need it? Like a lot of well, the times you're writing something, and you're like, oh, I don't need this. And that's one of the big things that as a teacher telling like teaching my students when it when it comes to writing like you know you have to pick the moments that that tell the story you don't have to write every Mm -hmm. time somebody gets up out of a chair and walks across the room to open the door like that doesn't need to be said so I totally get that I also think that when you're stuck in writing which I don't think either one of us was stuck this time but in future yeah um I have heard that if you go back like two paragraphs or even a couple of sentences, you'll find where the problem is because mm-hmm. usually you've written yourself into a place that it's no longer good. But if you go back a few sentences or a few paragraphs, you might, you know, it's hard to erase things. I'm, I might not erase yeah, everything just, that I've written. Yeah. I'll just like copy and paste it into a separate doc. Yeah, but, me too. <laughs> okay. um, but, um, yeah. So, so going back a little bit and finding a way forward helps. Just yeah. mental note for when we're writing yeah. later. Well, was, that, was that something you had to do this time? Like, did you have any, or was there any other challenges where you got to a uh, part where you're like, oh, I'm stuck? Well, I, I feel like, and you might notice this when you read it, um, if you read it. Um, well, I read it. Well, I know you read it. I'm talking to the <laughs> listeners right now. Know. Not everything is about you, okay? <laughs> um, when I was writing the, um, the opening scene with Sulu and Chekhov, like that, that mm-hmm. scene um well it's really just sulu i felt very tied to what happened in the film so i yes. did borrow like lines of dialogue yes. and um action and stuff that that was on screen mm-hmm. and i felt at the end of that that scene is very different from the rest of the scenes because it's more plot plot e i yeah. guess there's a lot more description and less dialogue whereas the rest of the scenes are done over like video calls and things like that so much more um talk heavy yeah dialogue yeah so when i got to the end of that scene and realized what the rest of the story was going to be i kind of i think that's why i sat on that scene because that's the one i wrote like two months ago oh, okay and then i sat on it for so long because i didn't really know if i wanted to change it if i needed to make it different and so i feel like that um there's like a stylistic change mm-hmm. from when i wrote the first scene to when i wrote the rest and yeah. it's because i wrote the rest like a good three or four weeks after I wrote the first scene. Yeah. And it isn't tied to an already extant yes. piece of yes. fiction. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. But I do think that's part of my problem too, because I do tend to write that. I, I noticed that a lot um, as I was writing it. It was really funny because that's probably why the coffee shop AU didn't go anywhere because I can't, 
I don't like alternate universe fix. Yeah. I was going to try and like fit as many tropey things as I could. I wanted to explore some of these tropes that I've never played with before. But I realized how much I hate AU fix um, <laughs> as I was writing them. I, maybe reading, reading them is fine, but I just can't write them because yeah. it's too out of character. What yeah. I love yeah, 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 about yeah. all of the stories that I write, for the most part, are like, what happens when the cameras aren't rolling? Yeah. Right? Like the scenes that happen after the scene you see on yeah. the screen. Yeah. So, um, so it was really funny for me that 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 scene at the beginning was such a difficult thing for me to yeah, write because you literally were just continuing the scene yeah, that was on screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But. No, that's fair, and I, I think that was it. I I will say I did notice that when we were yeah. when we were reading, I was like, oh, this is. I thought that's what the rest of the story would be like, yeah. and then once you got into the flow of the now, dialogue, these are, the, and stuff. yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it 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 worked well. It works really great. It's just uh, that scene does stand out a yeah. little bit, but yeah. it's not a, now not you a bad know thing. why. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Tell him he is a pretty cat and a good cat. I will feed him. Perhaps that will be enough. So, Lindsay, are you happy with your story overall? I'm Sounds never like happy with any of my stories. <laughs> Very so. good answer. Very good answer. <laughs> um, but I am I am as satisfied as I can be with mm-hmm. a story like this. I wouldn't call it a one-shot because it is like five different scenes. And I think a one-shot is really like it, it yeah. should be yeah. um, more contained than mine is. But um, yeah, I, I think it's it's fine. It's it's passable. Yeah, it's not the best thing I've ever written. There's no like nuggets of gold in there. Yeah, that's fair. Do you do do you want me to give you my little feedback? We have a little bullet in in our notes saying, uh, "What about a little peer review?" Would you would you care for that? That depends. How critical are you? I don't know if I'm in the right emotional state to take a lot of criticism. I'm I'm under a lot of stress. Bradley. Bradley. From Twin Peaks. Isn't it Bradley? People are under a lot of stress. But yeah, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That was good. Good reference. 10 yeah. out of 10. High five. Um, <laughs> no, I'll be good. I'll be gentle. Don't worry. Okay. Uh, I, honestly, that, gentle. honestly, I already mentioned one of it was uh, was that first scene does yeah. feel a little out of place. And yeah. I think you, you're fully aware of that. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one. No, okay. So there's, sorry, there's two more. Uh, and it's both to do with Kirk. Yeah. At the end. Yeah. One, I didn't know why McCoy was un was afraid of bringing up the Klingons to Kirk. I think um, what I could do if I were to change anything, and who knows, maybe between now and the time that this no, we're episode posting goes it out, we're posting it. Right away. <laughs> okay, no well, idea. if I had more time, um, I might explore that a little bit more. That it's it's. Um, I got this sense that Kirk was, as he's nearing retirement, he's nearing the end, you know, like all of this stuff that's happened, there's like a fragility to his ego a little Mm -hmm. bit before we get to the Undiscovered Country. And then he blows up and he's like, he's not happy about any of the things that happen in that, in that film. So I think I just like reeled that back, you know, a few days and I'm like, you know, how would McCoy... Um, approach someone that he correctly assumes is not going to handle this very well and then Kirk doesn't really handle it the best yeah like there's there's the diplomatic tension yes in the movie okay. so but I didn't explain that very well it was yeah. more like this that, was that's in what my was in your head. Yeah. my my thoughts that didn't translate to the page so I totally accept okay. the criticism yeah um by explanation I hope that that that's my mea culpa yeah What's the what's the second thing? The last one was on? it was the it was the ending <laughs> and it was yeah. and it matches that. It's about Kirk's frame of mind. Mm-hmm. Like why is he excited to talk to Spock about it? It's not clear. I can kind of interpret it as him being gleeful that the Klingon Empire is collapsing. Oh, no, that's not what I intended. I okay. I I, I kind of wanted I Okay, so another explanation <laughs> for it. Um I wanted this to be like um, he's about to be put out to pasture, as I said, and mm-hmm. this is his last hurrah kind of thing. Yeah. I, I kind of wanted that to be the the thread that ties all of this together, with the exception of Sulu, because he is still captain yeah. of his own ship. The Excelsior, yeah. But, um, you know, everybody else is kind of, they don't really know where they are. They're not tied to a ship anymore. They're kind of like Uhura's yeah. on the lecture circuit or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? So to have Kirk be 
he's been demoted from he was an admiral now he's just a captain again he's mm. probably gonna have to be like pushed out soon yeah and we know that he is so yeah right so i just kind of thought and and to have i also have wanted any it mission to be, kind of yeah be something that he's interested yeah in. okay, but yeah, also yeah. the fact that um he, he seems to be the last to know and that yeah. was also part of it. Like yeah. I had to make some explanation in my mind for why Kirk doesn't know anything. And and what I'd hoped would come through and that maybe you need to read really deep between the lines for is that Spock held back to like he wanted yeah, to be the one I, to tell him. Yeah, I did get that. And yeah. it just took him a while to get to it. And, and then the rumor mill got going. Before so the title of my that. story is Rumors. And yeah. that's kind of like the rumor mill got going before Kirk could catch up to it yeah and i mean with the speed of transmission you know yeah. you got it, them subspace frequencies right? you gotta it, use them yeah it happens like i it it's conceivable that this all takes place in the course of 20 minutes yeah, right yeah, yeah. so it just kirk hasn't quite got there yet yeah so that's there. All. okay that's okay. all but yeah i think it needed a little bit of an explanation yeah right and i would i would flesh it out i did kind of rush to get it finished because i wasn't sure that i would have um a lot of time because I'm uh, inundated with marking at the moment. So. Yeah, no, you actually are really busy. Yeah, <laughs> I am very I, I, busy. I'm giving you a hard time, but okay. And sorry, one more hard time. Oh, for fuck's sake! <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And this one just bothered me Jesus a little bit because Christ. it was just a disparity. So you had a very good setup of Sulu. Yeah. But I had no idea what Chekhov was doing, and I really didn't know what Scotty was doing either. Like, I like you kind of like I know you wanted to set up like oh these all these characters are off doing their own thing, yeah. but they really didn't get enough. Of, uh, like, even a couple paragraphs at the start of yeah, each telephone call would be, like, McCoy was pulling his razor out of a dead another dead Andorian and trying to <laughs> figure out what this damn virus is. Blue blood all yeah, over. Yeah, okay. Just, okay, that's you know, like, that's Something fair. like that would have helped, you yeah. know, flush it out a yeah, little bit. that's fine. Um, that's fair. But it worked well. Like, I liked the fact that it was just cutting to the chase of, like, here's the conversation. Let's dive into well, the, the, the back and forth between the characters. I took your advice to heart and I just wrote the things that I wanted yeah. to write. And well, then, and and the then we stuff. recorded this episode, so now apparently I can't go back and change no, it. No. Well, now if we change it now and people are listening <laughs> to the podcast, I'll be like, well, I don't see any of this because you changed well, it. Well, I'll post it as chapter two and then you can see <laughs> how, I, how I've changed it. I like Ask it. me the question again if I'm happy with my story. Are you happy with no, it? No. Fuck no. There's so much that I have to change. <laughs> don't change a thing, Lindsay. It's perfect. That's the way it is. Oh. I love it. And I love you. Uh, now ask me. <laughs> are you happy with your story? Uh, Kind of. I didn't. It wound up being better than I thought it was going to be when I started writing it. Let's put it that way. When I started okay. writing, I got to that point where I ran out of things for the characters on the bridge to say. And I was like, oh, fuck, this story sucks. Terrible. <laughs> and then I came back to it the next day and I'm like, oh, OK, I can do this. And then after that, I was fairly happy with it. I feel yeah. like the ending doesn't really tie things together as well as I would have liked. Mm -hmm. And I'm a little worried I leaned a little too heavy on uh, the Vulcan movie to fill in the whole Sulu Chekhov uh, that was dynamic. a pretty good. That was a pretty good. But it's a good gag, right? Gag. I, yeah. I I liked it, and I liked the fact that it was a Vulcan, a Vulcan who dropped out of the academy because of his. How did you put it? His logical love for film, or something like <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, the like, yeah, the human art of film. Yeah, I get it. Um, <laughs> yeah, and and I think yeah, no, that worked fine because it was kind of. I when you told me that you were doing like a lower decks ripoff, like the middle decks kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I expected it to be more comedic, like you were gonna okay, skew, like zany. Yeah, you were gonna skew more uh, towards the lower decks type thing. Yeah. and I was a little bit nervous because I yeah, I, I know you can do comedy. <laughs> no, I have written. I have written. You've written read. and written. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have read your stories. You are a funny person on occasion. Um, I'm obviously funnier, but yes, yeah, um. So I, I, but I was a little bit nervous because I'm like, if you're going to try and ape Lower Decks, how is that going to come yeah, across? Yeah. But you didn't do that. You went for something a little bit more sentimental. Yeah. Yeah, it was a little soft. But it was good. Like the humor in it was, um, it felt your kind of humor. Okay. Okay. But was it, and it was still like original series kind of compliant, right? Like, like, could you picture yeah, the, yeah. The characters, yeah, totally. Doing okay, okay. Um, That's kind of what I was, I was about. I was glad you didn't lean into the um, like writing the accent so much. Oh, I didn't even try. I can't you, like, do it. Eyelash that you did. With, yeah, yeah, like, that was it. Yeah, Scotty. Yeah. But the, he's, um, those, are just, those are just fine. words those he just says. Words he yeah. Says. <laughs> um, so 
but I did like the little running gag of um, Chekhov not getting the name of the planet right, the Rotini planet, and it's like, so that was that was pretty good. Yeah. I have no criticisms of your story, and that's what really pisses me off. Is that you had like five for me, and I had <laughs> Come none. Come on, Lindsay. I had. I told you this is that, your chance to like punch me in the face with I'm, something good. This is the thing. I think you're a terrific writer. Uh, I don't have any criticism for you. I had very small stuff. I changed two things in your story, by the way. You I turned n dashes to m dashes. Cause that I'm like okay. that bothered me. Cause you and and um, you had the planet Rigatoni three or whatever yeah, it yeah, is, yeah, yeah. Um, but you had the number three, and they should be Roman numerals. Roman three. numerals, yes, you did. Okay, so yes. those are my They're, criticisms. Come on, yes, there's something more. No, I swear. How am I going to get better if you don't help I me? I swear. To, well, maybe you are just you're just at the top of your game. Yeah. Hun. yeah well, okay. It's very likely, yes, but there's still <laughs> lots of things that can do better. I don't know. I, I can't think of anything. Nothing came to mind? No, it, it okay. felt like... Uh, maybe your characterization of Uhura is a little bit soft. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. I had trouble with her a little bit because yeah. she's just... She's kind of bland in the, well, in the original series, and, and I was really focusing on that. Your original female characters are a lot more spicy, yeah, but I like that Uhura's not necessarily spicy. She's spicy when called upon. Totally. Yeah. I don't think you can write bland. You, yeah. I think you write yeah. your women spicier. And and when you don't do that, I think you leaned too far into, like, Mother Uhura. Yeah. A little bit. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I don't know how to... I don't know how to fix that. I, I don't know what she would Don't have... write a Beverly Crusher story for the next fan fiction episode. Done. Have I just given you I'm episodes? Sub Rosa 2. Oh my god. Rosa Subier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> electric. <laughs> this time, Grandma's electric. <laughs> well, she was already in the first Well, yeah, the she's plasma charged, I believe. But yes, yeah, Jesus okay. Christ. Yeah, no, we're not. Uh, uh, don't worry. I will not do. Yeah, yeah, and I feel like that's a bad Star Trek trope. Mm-hmm. I, I really want to kind of write, when we get to Voyager. Mm-hmm. Uh, listeners, I'm going to put it out there right now. I'm excited to write Voyager because I want to do Voyager well. It's my least favorite series so far. Are you going to write a whole episode? I've I've been thinking about it. I want to write a whole episode and I can't decide. It's which character was treated the worst by the writers. Was it Chakotay, Paris, or uh, no, Kim? Chakotay, Kim, or Blonotaurus? And I don't know which I one I want to focus. I think. I, think I mean, she- not to get into spoiler territory for our Voyagers like yeah. episodes that we're going to do. But, but Chakotay gets Chakotay nothing. gets shafted. He gets nothing. Yeah. So I kind of want to explore his character. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm thinking about doing a whole like I'll do it as a screenplay, obviously, uh, to save time. Obviously. And, well, just you know, he's easier. so fancy, folks. <laughs> Why is that fancy? I don't know. You just <laughs> you blew my story out of the water, and now you're like, <laughs> I didn't write a screenplay. <laughs> okay, I probably won't finish it. So there, there's that to think about. But uh, yeah, okay. So anyway, yeah, okay. So thank you. I, I, the, these characters are tough though. Sometimes they I are, think that is for sure. Uh, it's hard to do know what to do with, um, yeah, especially original series of her. She was mm-hmm. challenging, so that's fair. Thank you. So on that note, uh, Lindsay, were there any other unique challenges uh, or challenges that were unique, I should say, to this fandom and the characters that we looked at? I think in general, this thing I struggle the most with is the the Trekno babble, mm. which I didn't even include at all. No, don't even need it. Um, that might be why I wrote what I wrote. Um, yeah. And I think... There's a sense of, like we said at the beginning, there like trepidation because you're you're dealing with something that's so iconic. It almost feels like it's sacrosanct. You can't touch it. Um, but people do. Yeah, we are people. We're people now. <laughs> this is true. All, all the words <laughs> you were saying are true, Lindsay. I feel like it's it's cool to be part of that lineage of fandom Mm -hmm. as somebody who's very much into the scene that you know that is has was spawned from the original series fan works i feel uh i think it was a challenge in the sense that i didn't feel worthy to do it does that make sense yeah yeah to an extent and i had kind of 
I, I had this one major doubt. I'm like, oh, someone's definitely done this before. And oh, I never even thought of that. But yeah, you're right. Totally. Yeah. Because how, this is like 60 years of people <laughs> writing about it. Yeah. Yeah. Like and, for sure. Yeah. Like I, 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 I didn't even check. I was going to. I was going to look up the Uhura Scotty uh, tag on, on AO3. Okay. Yeah. And just see how many stories there are. I imagine if not hundreds or if not thousands, hundreds at least. But there's a great meme that goes around Tumblr every once in a while where it's like authors who think, oh my God, I wrote, I read another story. Somebody else has done the exact same thing. Oh my God, I can't write it. And then the reader's like, oh my God, there's, oh my two, God, of there's two of them. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm, I'm in heaven right now. Like there are, <sighs> I can't tell you how many times I have gone back to my own stories because they're what I want to read. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I've read everything that is like what I want to read, yeah. and I just gobble it up. If a new story comes along that is in that niche, I'm there for it. Yeah. I don't care how many times I've read that trope or that pairing. So I don't think we really have to worry about that. But it definitely is something that we're going to worry about. Yeah. I think it's natural. You want to be original. And I think there's something about fan fiction that like, it grinds up against that, a little bit. that desire to be original. Yeah. Because you can't really be. You're dealing with characters that thousands, millions of people have at least thought of and, yeah, and you know if not pondered and put yeah. effort into writing about. Yeah, yeah. No, so. that's fair. Um, anything else that was that was a challenge that you you were worried about or you you experienced while writing? I mean, <laughs> I'm I'm kind of mad that I didn't finish the coffee shop AU. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Nothing stopping you, Lynn. I know. We, we can post that as a special one from Maybe. from our account if you yeah. really want. We'll see. Um, I deleted it, so I'd have to rewrite it. Why do you delete things? I don't oh usually, but I just I wanted Shh. I wanted to put it in a doc that you could read for this episode. That so we're you deleted it? That doesn't what? Yeah, but there's like Google Docs has a thing where you can like re- restore previous versions. So I'll do that. It's fine. Yes, do. Don't worry about it. Oh my gosh, you're just relax. Infuriating. That's a unique challenge for me. Dealing with you and your weird yes, writing but habits. This is one episode where we're not going to air our marital grievances, okay? <laughs> I know. That's a challenge for you as well. <laughs> so, Lindsay, did you learn anything whilst writing this story? I learned that I'm not as good a writer as I thought I was. Your story In was really way? good. So your is yours. Really nah. I loved it. Well, thanks, but. Mm. <laughs> That's not a good way to end no, the episode. Well, but it's the truth. It's my truth. Don't take this away from me. You need your pain? I need my pain. <laughs> I, You're going to spur me on to be better. Now I know what I'm up against. We're going to be... This is the first time you and I have ever written... Aside from that one time we tried to do a Star Trek The Next Generation, The, the Office, Office crossover, crossover yeah, fic. Yeah, which would have been awesome. That would have been so awesome. But, um, but we but don't write together. Like, no, we would not each other. Yeah, I think that's something I've learned while so. writing is that like there's no way I could write the same. Because like, yeah, you deleted a whole story. I could never imagine doing that. I would just start a new file and just go and leave that one to rot. But I know it's there and it would stay in my heart. That, that, that Mass Effect story that I wrote, yeah. I never published it. I wrote it. Like twelve years ago. Oh yeah, no, I, I and it's yeah. still there on my hard it's drive. Finished, I can go find it right, right? now. It's, it's, it's there. It's like eighty percent. Yeah, finished. this yeah. one was like it wasn't going anywhere. Oh. And it, I, I thought I was pretty proud of myself for actually doing that because normally I am kind of a pack rat when it comes to my writing, and I thought I'm, I felt a weight lifted there's off no, my shoulders no, when I did that. You're not a hoarder in a house. You're not. You're not going to bring you know mold yeah, but, and disease no, in by but, having an extra forty eight kilobytes on Google it, Drive. It, but in my mind, it's there, and it's like, it's like squatting on my brain space, and I need to get rid of it. Okay. I'm not gonna. I have I'm a not lot tell on you my how, plate right I, now. I'm not gonna tell you how to manage your brain. People space, are Lindsay. under a lot of stress, Bradley. What I learned, thank you for asking, Lindsay, was uh, that 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 sequence when I got stuck. Yeah. Uh, I learned that I, you know. Sometimes I was looking for a way to end the story, and what I needed was to expand it. And that was something that I hadn't uh. thought of at that time. So I thought that was an interesting little tidbit that I picked up. I was like, oh, yeah, you can do that too if you want. Because I was trying to keep it very narrow. I was like, oh, no, I want to be like 2,000 words max, this one one shot, one scene thing. And then I realized, no, it needs more space to breathe. So we and both went it. against something that we normally do. Yeah. Yeah. Usually Maybe I- that's what we learn. Yeah. Okay. It was the friends, friends we met me. along the way. I don't know. I'm yeah. really tired. Yeah, I can tell. It's okay. <laughs> it's called being a captain. No, it's called being a dick. 
So next episode uh, will be the start of something a little different. Yes. On the big oh spot, my God. But also very familiar. Yeah. It's been five years yeah. or so, six years almost, since we did a weekly podcast. Yeah. Um, a watch along podcast. A watch along podcast, kind of. Yeah. So we are going to be at Star Trek Picard season three. Um, highly anticipated. A lot of people have been talking it up online. Um the latest trailers, people are picking them apart. There's there's a lot of talk. This is this is a very exciting time, and given how season one and two were a little bit, were we were let were. down by it. Yep. Um, this is like it feels like a redemption arc for the TNG crew. So um, we decided. Well, Aiden decided, and I kind of agreed to it. And <laughs> I think we're mad, but um, we're gonna we're gonna do a weekly podcast. We're gonna watch the episodes when they come out, and then Trek Tuesday. It was Twin Peaks Tuesday when we did this yep. last. Now it's Trek. Um, Trek Tuesday. And and again, it's like we planned it, but we didn't. Like, we're going to release this episode, and it's going to be two weeks from, from if you're listening to it on the day it, it's released, it's going to be two weeks until we release our first Picard episode. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened with Twin Peaks, too. Yeah. So, it's kismet. Yeah, it is. It's going to work out really well. And it's, it's also going to lead in nicely to uh, The Next Generation, yes. which we have, because we, we didn't plan yes. this. We just decided this recently. Uh, so we've already recorded the first two seasons of The Next Generation yes. as well, while we were writing these fanfics yes um so those first two episodes are gonna be a little out of sequence no uh, i think i think it's fine because i i think we're gonna what i'd like to do for the rest of this podcast is not reference other shows as much when we're talking about like when i, I, do I don't think i don't think when we're talking about that's a good star idea. trek the next generation season three there's going to be a ton that we're going to have to bring in from picard that's set 35 years later i think we will i think we will find a way uh, okay, like well, life. if we do, you've made the disclaimer. So. Yeah, yeah. So there it is. Um, I'm excited, though. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to see what season three looks like. I hope it's not as disappointing as particularly two was. Moriarty's um, in it, so it can't be that bad. Yeah, but I loved Q and he was in season two. So it can be that bad. And uh, But we'll find out. I'm I'm cautiously optimistic. Uh, and I think it'll be fun to, it'll be fun to do a reaction yeah, podcast yeah. and have just our hottest of takes there'll be a couple days cold already but it'll still be warmer than usual and uh Um, and then so however many episodes that is probably two and a half months or so um then we'll pick up with the next generation generation and be back to our ahead yeah our two-week regular schedule with some watch-alongs along the way and yeah that'll be the plan so thank you listeners for joining us today thanks for having this talk Lindsay. it was really fun to uh discuss writing with you i'm i'm looking forward to the rest of the fanfics that we write yeah yeah i think it'll be really fun to, now now this is the competition it is not a, no but it's gonna be in my mind it is that's what's gonna get me to finish writing these live long and prosper folks <gasps> oh my god you said it <gasps> he said it guys oh my god i'm so excited you actually said it <gasps> are you gonna say it <laughs>you can find all our episodes on Spotify, Podbean, Apple Podcasts and iTunes, or wherever you get your podcast fix. We love to talk Star Trek with our fellow nerds and would love to hear from you if you have thoughts or ideas about any of our discussions or the topics we've brought up. You can reach out to us on Twitter, that's at the Bixpod, or by email at thebixpod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Beam us up, Scotty.